What show are we doing this week? Uh, uh, uh. You didn't say the magic word. Oh, please, what show are we doing this week? Uh, uh, uh. You didn't say the magic word. What's the magic word? Uh, uh, uh. Stop this. With a podcast do, just tell me what we're doing. There you go. You said the magic word. What was it? Podcast. Welcome to the Paul and Griff show and welcome to Jurassic Park. <gasps> Oh, just like he said, welcome to the Paul and Griff show. You got myself a Paul. And you got myself Griff. And we are here again with another exciting action packed show. As this week, we are dissecting none other than. Jurassic Park. This episode is 65 million years in the making. And we can promise you there's been no unauthorized breeding on this podcast. Yeah. Always wanted to say that. Always wanted to say that. You can't completely promise that. People wanted the Jurassic Park show, and guess what? Life found a way. There you go. There's all the puns out of the way. People didn't (laughs) really want a Jurassic Park show. You just had to get it in there, wouldn't Life found a way. Life you crazy bastard, you did it. You crazy bastard, you did it. You did it. Don't get it when you start talking about it. You can't get all the good jokes in now. People are done by two minutes. Let's calm it down. Got an hour of this. Calm um, it down. So this week we're dissecting Jurassic Park. We are going to be talking about our top six Steven Spielberg films. That's pretty exciting. But, of the 90s. Of the 90s. Yeah, of the 90s, yeah. In brackets, close brackets. Um, but we're going to start like we do every week, and that is with this week's movie news. Bum, bum, bum. Yes, and as normal due to COVID, there isn't a lot of movie news, but we did have some. We had a few new movie trailers. Uh, we had one for what's going to be a new Netflix movie called The Devil all the time it stars robert patterson and tom holland quite a star-studded past amongst others uh, sinister characters converge around a young man devoted to protecting those he loves in a post-war backwards town teeming with corruption and brutality oh, i couldn't tell if i liked it by the trailer or not that's why i thought i mean what got my attention was obviously the fact that tom holland and Robert Patterson, really. and I was just like, oh, wow, no, Tom Holland is Spider-Man. That's exciting. Robert Patterson, everyone knows him. So uh, it's all got my attention and watched it. But it's one of these where I feel like I watched the trailer and I was just like, yeah, it looks pretty cool. But I'm realistically probably never going to watch it. Because it's got the Winter Soldier in as well. Yeah. Sebastian Stan's in it. Uh, it's got, what do you call it, um, Pennywise, Bill. I do apologise if you've got your surname like mixed up. Skarsgård. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it or not. It is now. Um, it is now. Harry Mellon, right? It's a star-studded cast. Um, it's on Netflix, so again, it's a gamble, be good or not. It looks pretty dark and religious. Netflix frying some money about that. I mean, obviously, I haven't seen budgets for this, but that kind of cast, and it's not going to be cheap. They are not going to be cheap, especially with old... I say, if you're doing like a Superman count, like Robertson Patterson, the new Batman, Tom Holland, you've Spider-Man. got Sebastian Stan. Yeah, so, so um, expect this to be every time you go on Netflix, this will be the thing that's forced down your throat at the top of the screen. And it's due out 16th of September, so in a, in a month's time. So be interesting to see. Or yeah, it my problem is, you've got a runtime of 138 minutes, so it's either going to be amazing or if it drags, it's going to be a drag. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll probably, obviously, one, at least one of us, maybe both of us, will dip our toe in and have a little cheeky butchers and we'll probably revisit it. We will do and we'll see what it's like. And then, whereas that looks pretty dark and deep, we had a more um, funny trailer for a movie called The War with Grandpa, starring. Robert De Niro, Uma Thurman, and Christopher Walken. Upset that he has to share the room he loves with his grandfather, Peter decides to clear war in an attempt to get back. Now, some people hate the fact that Robert De Niro has like a comedy career now, but I am all for it. It looks 
I won't take the words out of your mouth. When you first saw it, what did you say? I said they had a decent Home Alone vibe. It does, like booby traps, and it, it just looks... It, it had Home Alone, but with an in-family feud. Yeah. So rather than robbers, you know, why aren't you trying to kill these people or call the police, but just do your little traps, kind of comedic thing like got Home Alone. This is more of a, just the family feud. I don't want to kill me granddad, but I just wanted to warn him off. I yeah. assume you might try to kill him, but you know, but it's um, yeah, it feels like a decent chuckle. It, it looks really good. It comes out October the sixteenth, twenty twenty. Um, I'm guessing every film at the moment has little asterisks. Like, mind you, this kind of film I can see being video on demand if cinemas aren't all open by then. And this is the kind uh, of thing I would pay for video on demand. It, it does look funny. I say Robert De Niro. I think I've enjoyed most of Robert De Niro's comedy performances, apart from is it Dirty Grandpa. I didn't care for that. The one with yeah. Zac Efron. Yeah. But apart from that, he's he's pretty good. Obviously, you've got um, <laughs> it was in my head, and now it's gone again. Meet the parents, which is great. Las Vegas, yeah, great. I, I think he does pretty well with comedy, Robert De Niro. And at his age, he doesn't do any action. If you saw like The Irishman and <sighs> his attempt at kicking someone at his age, it's he. I'm all for him sticking to these kind of movies, and um, it's something I, I'm definitely looking forward to watching. Oh, 100%. So that is coming soon. Um, I suppose the big news on the horizon, um, I think you know a bit more details about this than me. Um, DC fandom is upon yeah, us. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's basically, um, it's, it's, I guess it's their version of Comic Con this year, because obviously we spoke about Comic Con, it was different, it was very digital. And people could sort of go and do their own thing, but you didn't get many reveals from the big boys. So DC are running their own thing, Fandome, which I believe is this weekend, and um, th- this is where they're going to release all their new stuff. So it's going to be interesting to find out what, what's coming out, what they have got in the pipeline. You know, will there be like a new Joker film? What's going on with Batman? You know, anything that happens should technically get announced here. So it's one of those, I'm not sure if you have to pay or just literally just log into the website, but it's like a sort of all day pass where you can do whatever you want, view whatever you want and get an idea. So it's almost like being at Comic-Con, but not being at Comic-Con because it's DC fandom and it could be amazing, could be a clusterfuck, but we'll be keeping our eye on it and probably talking about something next week and really excited. And yeah, it's be interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think it's free. Um, just quickly looking over the, the schedule, it looks like we're definitely getting... Well, it's been announced. You're getting panels on future films like The Suicide Squad, Legacy of the Bat, Black Adam, The Schneider Cut of Justice League, um, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League game. Um, you've got Pennyworth panel, a Black Lightning panel, They've got quite a lot of panels, so I'm guessing anything DC-related, this is what you do to check it out. If it's going to get announced, it's going to be here. I'm guessing we might get some game footage for that um, Justice League game. So um, maybe we'll, we'll pick out the highlights, and I'm sure we'll um, and, discuss it next week. And I think it's interesting on a bigger scale as well, is where will this leave things like Comic-Con and that? Once it gets back to normal... Are DC going to be in a stage where they think they're big enough to start doing their own thing? Okay. If they do, do Marvel's mean, probably going to be bigger. Yeah, yeah, because that would affect Comic Con massively, which is a good kind of all round for fans. But it, it wouldn't be Marvel, would it? It'd be Disney. And Disney could do their own thing. Disney could with Star Wars and that'd be Pixar. Yeah, yeah Star Wars, just Pixar, Disney, Marvel. They can multiple announce things and tap on. So it's it's um, a bit of a Pandora's box in the term of doing their own thing. But, you know, that's what they announced. That's what they announced. Um, and then we'll just wrap up the news with um, this week in film. Uh, something that I'm guessing you were excited about seven years ago. In 2013, One Direction, This Is Us, 3D concept film, um, was directed and premiered in London. Yeah, um, I know you've got that, got that Blu-ray special edition. I got home and I danced all night to the best song ever. <laughs> this week in history, Dirty Dancing opens in the US. Oh, when um, was the last time you saw Dirty Dancing? 
Last time I saw Dirty Dancing? Yeah. I don't know. Probably a few months ago, I'd be lying if I didn't say it was sooner. Speaking of lying, when was the last time you saw Pretty Woman? That's what you were going for, ain't it? I saw yeah, Pretty Woman in that. I saw Pretty <laughs> Woman in outdoor um, cinema last Friday. Which How was, um, was it? It was pretty good. You know what? Because you're in a cinema field, there's bits of it. It's the wife's favourite movie, so and I don't mind it. But actually watching it in a cinema environment, even being outside, there was bits of it like, oh, I didn't pick up on he's scared of heights, and you know, like when you're at home, you can just yeah. look at your phone every now and then. It's not in the background. It's a nice enough film. So actually, proper concentrate on it. I picked up different things, and yeah, it was, it's all right. It was a really good. I couldn't fault it. It was really good. The rain, the magically, the rain started pouring towards the end, just as the rain did in the movie. And I thought, oh my god, they've gone all out of here. Like watching Jaws in a swimming pool. <laughs> oh, that'd be crazy. I'll do that one day. Um, uh, this week in history, uh, last year, The Rock was named the highest paid actor for a second year in a row. Oh. That guy is busy. Uh, and then just some fear released on this. Again, you've got Stand By Me was released this week in 1986. Uh, in 2017, you had The Hitman's Bodyguard, which is a fun enough movie. You have 42, 47 metres down Uncaged last year. No. I haven't, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen the Uncaged one yet. I haven't seen the Uncaged one. I don't know. Do you remember before the, before the news finishes and get Jurassic Park it is Shark Week uh, you checked out a little bit of it oh yeah so obviously the, the main event this year is Mike Tyson versus Jaws um, so I've started watching it working on my Mike Tyson impression <laughs> I'm undeniable indescribable no, but um, you know so basically he's getting trained to go underwater and they're basically hyping up that he's going to put a shark to sleep. So obviously, you assume he's going to punch it. But there's apparently there's a manoeuvre you can do where you hold the um, shark's nose and it sort of tilts up and it almost sort of like goes to sleep or something. But they, they teach him to do that. So I haven't got to the end, but that, that's generally what it is, is he gets downs with sharks again and Mike Tyson versus a great white or it probably won't be a great white. It's probably going to be a baby something. That's he should just show he should just show the shark his cameo in the third Crocodile Dundee movie. Done. Put to sleep. If anyone's watched the third Crocodile Dundee movie. Sign the can't <laughs> work, big boy. Sign the sad, sad me sad me has. <laughs> but um yeah. Um, yeah, so that yeah, is, so that's that. And that is this week in film history. You're listening to the Paul and Griff Show. once again for a little bit of dissection this week obviously we are looking at jurassic park we're looking at the multiple movies we're going to touch on the toys uh maybe a little bit of the rides at universal uh, there's so much going on with this franchise there's much talk about a lot of excitement going in it is a massive massive film that i'm sure everyone has seen multiple times um griffey you excited Oh, I'm very excited. This this is kind of I know like last week Scream was like while well, I fell in love with movies, but Jurassic Park as a kid was uh, just a magical experience and just I, I I'm gonna do a lot of comparisons through this, like Jaws, because obviously it's not a lot of special effects, it's actually ro- robotics and all that, and just maybe movies should go this way because with Jaws and Jurassic Park, both by Spielberg, both again with a J. It just absolutely <laughs> magic. That's a stretch, isn't it? That's <laughs> a stretch, but I'm going to take it. Um, it's it's just magical. Um, let, let, let's dive into it. Let's do it. Go. Let's get the facts out of the way. Uh, Jurassic Park was released in America, June 9th, nineteen ninety three. We only had to wait uh, just over a month. We got it on July fifteenth. The synopsis is a pragmatic 
paleontologist visiting an almost complete theme park is tasked with protecting a couple of kids after a power failure causes the park's cloned dinosaurs to run loose. Again, it had quite a few taglines, but the main tagline we all know is an adventure 65 million years in the making. It was written by Michael Crichton, uh, who originally conceived the screenplay about a graduate student who recreates a dinosaur. He continued to wrestle with his fascination with dinosaurs and cloning until he began writing the novel Jurassic Park. Before his publication was even released, Steven Spielberg learned of the novel in October 1989 while discussing a screenplay with Crichton that would become the television series ER. Uh, Spielberg recognised what really fascinated him about Jurassic Park was it was a really credible look at how dinosaurs might someday be brought back alongside modern mankind going beyond a simple monster movie. And before the book was even published, Crichton demanded a non-negotiable fee of 1.5 million for the film rights. I must admit, I think he's kind of under under um, sold this. 1.5 million is still now. Um, he, he set himself up a little bit there, didn't he? He sort of walked in the room like, oh, I want 1.5 million. Yeah, done, right. done. Done, done um, But he did, but not to be done, he did want a substantial percentage of the gross. Warner Brothers and Tim Burton at the time, Columbia Pictures and Richard Donner and 20th Century Fox and John Dante um, all bid for the rights. But Universal Studios eventually acquired them in May 1990 for Spielberg. So after creating Hook, Spielberg wanted to film Schindler's List uh, Sid Scheinberg, president of Music Corporation of America, gave the green light to Schindler's List on condition Spielberg made Jurassic Park first. He said later, by choosing a creature-driven thriller, I was really just trying to make a good sequel to Jaws on land. Spielberg also cited Godzilla as an inspiration for Jurassic Park, specifically Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which you grew up watching. And during production, Spielberg described Godzilla as most masterful of all the dinosaur movies because it made you believe it was really happening. Uh, he had a budget of $63 million. Uh, already got $47 million back in the opening weekend. And he had a worldwide gross of, I think this is the most we've done on, a, on the show so far, $1 billion, $33 million, Four hundred and fifty-four pounds, and I think I am like sorry dollars. I'm probably a couple of dollars. I definitely went. To, I think I saw this twice. I, I saw this in the cinema, and I had popcorn. I, yeah, oh man, great show. I think I had popcorn as well. I definitely saw it in the cinema for a, a friend at the time's birthday. This is just great. Um, it, it starred Sam Neill as Dr. Alan Grant, Laura Dern as Dr. Ellie Sattler, Jeff Goldblum as Dr. Ian Malcolm, Richard Attenborough as John Hammond. Bob Peck as Robert Muldoon, Joseph Mazzello as Tim Murphy, and Ariana Richards as Lex Murphy. Um, Jurassic Park, really? Like, let's let's take it away. It's just a magical movie on what you can do with animatronics. What Jaws did, like, for Jaws, this took to up a notch, and it was kind of Wow. Yeah, at the time, I, I can't think of a more visually beautiful movie than this. No, correct. Do you know, I can't. I just, I just remember just... Because uh, I've actually gone back on YouTube and watched the original, original trailer. Yeah. Not like modern day, it's coming out on Blu-ray release trailers, like the first sort of trailer. And it was, it's a really kind of fantastic watch because... You don't see like a T-Rex and that. You just see a foot. It's very old school like it doesn't now. You pretty much see at least two good scenes to try and entice you. This yeah. was very much just like all hype and mystery in the original trailer. And um, yeah, wow, what, what a fascinating, great film. This is, as you say, like a must-see on the big screen experience. I know, like we said, Jaws was like the first ever summer blockbuster. This was one of those movies that... TV does not do it justice. The sounds of the dinosaurs and the T-Rex on a cinema screen was just, it's just great. I didn't even realise that we only see the dinosaurs for 15 minutes, which is crazy. You know, you say, again, I I keep going back to Jaws comparison. And again, 
Steven Spielberg knows how to give you suspense and he just he just did it again. It's just kind of sometimes what, what you don't see and there's just no bad special effects because he didn't really use special effects. It's just that, that oh, when yeah. that when that first when that first scene where they see the is it the Brachiosaurus and they've got their mouth wide open and he pulls said he said that's you in the cinema screen because that's the first time you've seen it yourself and you're like wow no it is it's just um it's it's an absolute like thing of beauty it really is it's um, see, I, I, I'm just trying to think there's so many good bits in the first film and there's a good level of um suspense there's there's some gory shocking deaths which catch you on edge because the rating wasn't that high was it this is like 12 or something I saw it as a kid I think it was a 12 uh, so or a PG or a 12 but this wasn't like a a crazy race and you had um, is it the lawyer that got killed in the toilet I got killed in the toilet I don't know and if he ever like uh, went to go <laughs> yeah and obviously he had the um, the spitter scene where he was like when he was trying to steal the bits and he sort of fell down in the rain he got done with the, the spitter and um, yeah it's a vicious some vicious sort of little moments in this film. There really was. It's got the same kill count as Jaws 5. Stop with this. Huh? <laughs> I'll stop saying the J word. I can do Jurassic Park. Um, talking about deaths, which are, again, researching about this movie, which I didn't realise. So Samuel Jackson's um, death scene, because I think it wasn't until about eight or nine years ago that I realised Samuel Jackson was in this movie. Yeah, because you don't see him die, do you? You just see the arm. Yeah, you just see the arm. And yeah. apparently that's because Samuel Jackson was supposed to fly to Hawaii to film his death scene, but Hurricane destroyed the set and the scene had to be completely scrapped. Hence, you just have the arm over um, Dr. Sattler's um, shoulder, which still worked massively. I thought it worked massively. I thought it was actually probably a little bit stronger. If you'd seen him get taken out by a shark in this, do you think it would have taken away from um, Deep Blue Sea? <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I think it, yeah uh, you, it, Samuel Jackson wasn't that big I think obviously Pulp Fiction was a year or two later maybe 96 yeah. yeah without without me googling so I know like I know Samuel Jackson's had a massive like movie career and I know obviously before this he even has a, a well, he's not a cameo but he does have a part in Goodfellas but I think his first kind of main role which started him to be not just have like a small part was obviously Pulp Fiction yeah the Pulp Fiction has to be mainly the turning point because he's one of these people where he's always just sort of he's like a massive actor but you sort of don't know when he became a massive actor No, so it has to be Pulp Fiction but then suddenly obviously he's in like Jurassic Park he's in like Star Wars He's in fucking Avengers. You just think, like, when did this happen? Like, become just like such just like you know a phenomenon. Oh, let's have a look as 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 we're on it. Um, you know, you, if you go for if you go for his film, how many movies he's in? He's back. I remember on the. I know we always love to bring up on the movie like Deep Blue Sea, and you look at it, his filmography. He's got like eight pages, and it's like wow. And talking about Avengers, I did read on Twitter, um, again, researching for this movie, some kid watched Jurassic Park and was upset about what the dinosaurs did to Nick Fury, which I think is brilliant. Oh, Um, oh, he did Loaded Weapon 1, which I remember him being in, but that's a comedy. Um, But not like to the... Yeah, so Jurassic Park was 93. Pulp Fiction was 94. Didn't have a big part in True Romance. It must have been Pulp Fiction, because then... He started doing like Kiss of Death, Died of a Vengeance, which actually catapulted him even further. Yeah. Um, and you got A Time to Kill, Long Kiss Goodnight, Jackie Brown. Time to and Kill is an underrated film. That's a great film. Could go on for ages, but his, his filmography is absolutely, he loves to be a busy man. Oh, um, yeah. He's already got like four films like to come out The Asset, Spiral, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, and Blazing <laughs> Samurai. Um, and obviously anything that um, I guess Marvel are going to like have him in especially with the the kind of 
twist at the end of Spider Man. Oh, yeah, the end of Spider Man. So um, we'll see. But um, yeah. it really is a, a magical movie, and you go about like favorite scenes, and it's hard to to pick one. I, I, sorry, what's what's your most suspenseful scene? In I think it? them in. I think them in the kitchen. Jerkin. Them in the kitchen, and especially where the raptors you think rolling towards her, but actually it's the reflection of the other, um, of like the the other the kitchen like unit. That that was pretty like I actually thought one of the kids is going. What about the electric fence? Electric fence is jokes. Yeah, <laughs> it's suspenseful no, as well. Um, you no, think, yeah. like, race against time and like, could you think like? Technically, that's the only kind of scene where, like, surely the kid would be dead because that electrified fence is there to stop a T Rex. Is it a T Rex cage? Well, it's there to stop a dinosaur anyway. And even if it touched him for like two seconds, it, it, I thought it might have killed him. Yeah, it would have felt it, wouldn't it? Um, and I'll oh, try, try and like pick out like. Again, favorite scenes. Obviously, I, I like the scenes where the dinosaurs are all running, which you don't realize they're running away from a T Rex, and they start flocking towards them. That was a great, like, I think yeah, that was the only kind of like special effects they used. Yeah, that goes from a beautiful, like, sort of herd moment to like a oh shit kind of moment, doesn't it? They do move in herds, they do move <laughs> in herds. <laughs> Must be a Ted, too. Um, and uh, again, I suppose, um. I didn't realise the most difficult effect for them to pull off was the vibrating uh, rings of water. So Steven Spielberg wanted the T-Rex to announce his presence somehow before the audience saw it. Just with, oh, Sorry, I keep saying it. With George, you have the music, then I stop. Um, with here, it was the kind of ripple. Um, so you get the idea from watching oh, the mirror in the his car vibrate. fantastic. Yeah. Even the so, fact it's raining for like 90% of the film adds to it as well. Yeah. And that was the hardest thing he had to do. So apparently, eventually, he put a glass of water on a guitar, and when he plucked the strings, it did the ripple. So for oh. the scene, they fed guitar strings under the dashboard to get the effects, and a man on the floor plucked the strings to achieve the effect. I love stuff like this. This is where, like, nowadays, people are too lazy, like, special effects, stuff like that. This yeah. is old-school old school filmmaking. What are we going to do? Um, I'll just stick a green coaster on the side. We'll put it in later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before um, before we do move on to the many movies and other stuff in the franchise I did do a little dive in about difference to book and film Ooh, um, nice. which, I don't know, which I don't know if you looked into it, I won't, I won't go too much too much into it but a couple of highlights I, I brought up so in the book you've got the scene where the little tiny dinosaurs are attacking the kid which we don't see until like the introduction to the lost world yeah, um, which of course nice, but the main thing that really shocked me, and this is like, I don't know if Attenborough had a word in this. So, in the book, um, John Hammond is kind of um, all about the money. He isn't the kind of I care about the people kind of person. Um, he's blinded by his own ambitions. They completely ignore ignores all the catastrophe going around him, um, and he actually gets eaten alive eventually. In, in the book, whereas in the film he's the only character not to be attacked and I think I think they're trying to do something because he's there and he sees all the babies hatching, they all kind of but I don't think he's ever in a position to be attacked yeah um, and um, a really dark way in the book so, so how, how the book ended, so Dr. Grant feeds a pack of velociraptors poisoned eggs okay. so while he's stuck in a dinosaur hatcher with a group of hungry raptors Grant comes up with the genius idea of injecting poison into unhatched eggs and using them as both a distraction and a weapon. And then, to end it all, obviously, if this ended the way this did, we wouldn't have got the many sequels, but they actually, like, napalmed the island when they escaped. That was always meant... That was always the rumour, wasn't it? Like, for the second one, basically, they were going back just to... Well, the, only thing, the only thing I never I hated about the film, and I still haven't, they still haven't brought up, is 
the the shaving foam canister. Yeah, I'm guessing it got, I'm guessing it got completely drenched in mud and it's never found again. But I always thought when I heard of a sequel, I thought that was it. Yeah, they'll probably be here one day though, won't it? But speaking of which, obviously every good film and the success of this film leads to a sequel, and that's how we got Jurassic Park: The Lost World. Hi, I'm Courtney and Stephanie from their Terrified and Tipsy podcast, and you're listening to The Paul and Griff Show. And this is our attempt at the Jurassic Park theme song. Enjoy the show. Yes, we did. And then before the book, because again, The Lost World is a book, um, a film adaptation was already in pre-production for his release occurring in May 1997. The film was a commercial success, breaking many box office records when released, uh, but the film had mixed reviews, similar to its predecessor in terms of characterization. Much like the first film, The Lost World, Jurassic Park made a number of changes to the plot and characters from the book, replacing the corporate rivals with an internal power struggle and changing the roles or characterization of several protagonists. So this had a budget of 73 million, um, which is only a little bit more than the 63 about million. 10 million more, isn't it? Yeah, about 10 million more. Um, it still made a very healthy 618 million, not the 1 billion, um, uh, obviously what Jurassic Park did. Um, obviously, it, it, Jeff Goldblum was... I'd say the only really occurring. Yeah, Richard Attenborough had a little cameo at the beginning of the movie. Um, what do you think of it? I, it didn't have the magic. I didn't like it when they brought the T Rex to the city. I don't know if it was New York or whatever. That felt too King Kong for my liking. Yeah, I, I shouldn't. I, I like the idea. I know it's it's stupid and jumping ahead, but I think it's where things like Jurassic World started to get it right again. You want it to be a theme park and you just want to sit there and wait for it to go wrong. Yes. That's what you yes. need. You don't if a T Rex comes to the city, it's just gonna get killed. Yeah. <laughs> now without ruining the illusion, it needs to be like a whole you're stuck on the island, you've got a bunch of untrained tourists, and it all gets a little bit ropey. That's what makes it special. And I think you in know, the boat, I think didn't he get in a boat in the end and it's just going off to sea? Is that boat still out there? Did, was it driving the boat? It should have been driving the boats. Uh, um, do, you know how, do you know how long this film was? Uh, I'm going to guess over two hours. Yeah, the original was two hours and seven minutes and The Lost World was two hours and nine minutes. So an extra oh. little two minutes there for your, for your fun. Two minutes extra. And that's pretty much the um, Attenborough I must, scene. Yeah, I, must, <laughs> I must admit, like, one, I remember as a standalone film, when we start to get to two and three, I start to get a bit blurry of which one's actually which. Yeah. So is it three that they bring the flying birds in, or is it two? Flees the flying birds. Two's the is little it... baby, the little tiny dinosaurs they bring okay. in. That are like, so three's the one with... Um... The birdcage. The birdcage and the bus scene. Yes. Because the yes. bus scene, three's a bit shocking. And three's only one and a half hours, by the way. Very short movie. But three's a bit shocking. But the bird, the um, the bus scene is one of my favourite scenes. Oh, wait a in... second. The bus scene when it's hanging. That's two. Sorry. I think okay. it's three as well. It's bus where it's hanging on like the kind of cliff. And then, and then on the glass. The glass That's is two. cracking. That's two. That's two. That, that is like pound for pound, like one of the best Jurassic Park scenes. That is a good scene. I, I didn't like the scene where the kid does like the gymnastics like around the raptors. I don't know. I suppose my main problem with two is I found then the argument could be Ian Malcolm's a changed man. But I thought Jeff Goldblum didn't play the same kind of charismatic character as in Jurassic Park but it could be the attacks completely changed him like forever. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, massively. And that that was kind of, oh, but two was definitely darker, definitely darker. And that scene is amazing with the glass and um, 
Yeah, I, I just think like it's a really, I don't know, it's just not spoken about enough. As a, as a Jurassic Park scene, this that's up there is a great scene. It seems got randomly Vince Vaughn in, which you which you completely forget he's in. Oh yeah, he's in it. Um, but two's two's good. I think two just loses it when they come into they they take the dinosaur and bring him bring him into the city, and that's where kind of. I lost my interest a little bit. I love the fact that Lost World was like, there was a second island that there was going to be a second park, which is very adventurous seeing as the first park isn't open. But hey, like, who am I to know? I don't open parks. Well, I see. I mean, where is the first island? Let's get on with it. I don't know. No, the first island you see in Jurassic World, they do kind of, Jurassic World, they do venture over because in the film, they do go to the old place. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, it's not really touched on in this, is it? No, no. Hey, this is Chance Whitmore, host of the Strive, Seek, Find podcast, and you're listening to the Paul and Griff Show. Dun, 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 Jurassic Park 3, which came out in 2001. Yeah. Obviously, we got back Sam Neill, I did other way he was tricked back onto the islands, which I thought was good. Had $93 million budget and it only made $368 million, which is probably why we didn't get any more sequels until 2015. Um, I think for me, Jurassic Park 3 is a lot of fun. I like the fact that the big dinosaur swallows the phone and that's how you know the the, the dinosaurs come in. Um, and you're like, oh, shit. Um, the birdcage scared the hell out of me. And I thought yeah. it was very well done, like these these birds. Um, it was just a lot of fun. I did like the fact that Sam Neill came back and he was the same character that he played. Um, it's got a good cast, one H Macy, um, Tia Leone. I like the fact that you're trying to grab the raptor eggs, I think. Yeah. And that's what people, raptors, are trying to get. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. I prefer three over two if I was to ask. Us rank it. We did ask some people to rank it, which would go. We'll talk that at the end. Oh, really? Um, I thought I thought people always hated three. I preferred three to two because I think I preferred Sam Neil. I didn't really like Jeff Goldblum's character. In yeah, two. I mean, like I said, I struggle with um, I struggle with three and two. It massively blends into one for me. It does blend into one, and I think people are kind of a little bit over it by then and like uh but um yeah zoom to 2015 good evening and i hope you listen to the paul and griff show and we got jurassic world with um a brand new cast and Magic again, so I, I say magic. I went to cinema to see this, absolutely loved it. Jurassic World showed us what Jurassic Park could have been. This is the park, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the clever thing. I mean, you, you get the park, you finally, until it obviously goes wrong, you get the park. It's, it's not a remake, it's just you know, sort of a continuation and, and stuff like that. So you know, when when I saw Jurassic World was getting made, I thought, well, they're just remaking Jurassic Park and it's going to be almost the same. But it's the same universe. It's the same sort of park. And it's just been made and completed properly um, based on a promise. And, um, yeah, it's good. It's, it's good to see it. It's crazy to see it as a theme park because this is what it would be like. It is. And I, I like the little nods. I like the little nods to... Obviously, Jurassic Park had a Richard Hammond statue. Cause I think it it it, it passed away, um, Old Attenborough, before this came out. But I'd like to think he would have had a cameo if he was still alive. And you've got the Mr. DNA, Dino DNA guy in it, and then you've got the Tim's binoculars later on in the film, and it just just greed and money, and they tried to make some super dinosaur. I must admit, I watched it on TV a few days ago to kind of, I know Jurassic Park inside out, but Jurassic World, I thought I'd revisit a little bit. 
and it kind of kind of goes a little bit too much like towards the middle of the movie. Yeah. So I don't know if it's kind of on second watch it isn't as kind of I mesmerizing. Mean, I watched it because in the UK all of the Jurassic Park films are on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's in America as well, but it's it's a touch. So I watched this as well. And um I found beginning when the park was like all kicking off and that you're like, wow, this is cool. But yeah, in the middle it became this lagging bit where you think, right, I'm just I'm just waiting for it to go wrong now. Yeah. Like I love the end the, the end fight's amazing and I love the, the, the sea dinosaur, whatever you want to call it, comes out. I, I just didn't see that happening. My mouth was like wide open in the cinema. That's yeah. just a, a beautiful twist and a great scene. Um it is it's, it's it's probably like my second favorite out of all the Jurassic Park movies. Yeah, I, I didn't like the idea the of um, I didn't like the idea of a super dinosaur that changes camouflage and all this though. That kind of a bit. No, I understand that when you're messing with genetics and stuff, you know, stuff like that would happen. So it's not completely unfeasible because they were sort of you know getting genetics of different animals and that how it works. But yeah, it's still a bit like oh, okay. Um, but it didn't do too bad. Um, so it had a budget of 150 million, which you think is pretty much Jurassic Park and The Lost World put together and a bit more. Um, yeah. and it weighed, I suppose, from days and that, that, that as much, but 1,670,400 sorry, 1,670,400,637 US dollars. So, of course, we and that's just got the film. another one. That's just a film. I was going to say, that include like... That's just obviously the we'll get, Yeah, I was going to say, that includes like merchandise and toy lines and T-shirts and other bits. That's crazy. Yeah. This was it like for a new for a new um, youth era. So Jurassic Park was like us as kids and obviously Jurassic World captured like, we'll go into it with Lego and stuff like that. It's a very clever decision to to remake these, these kind of mo- movies for a new generation. Um, yeah. Before we go into that, we did get another sequel... So in 2018, we got Jurassic World, The Fallen Kingdom, which I feel made the same mistake as Jurassic Part of the Lost World, because again, the dinosaurs came into the city. Um, uh, just just the story, like, just a bit, like the island, like a volcano erupts and they got to rescue some dinosaurs. Oh, it's a bit of a car crash, really. Um, it's... It is. They, they seem to have an idea for a film but they don't know how to really continue it no no you know like they, they could have had a nice tv series of just the islands working they really could have done it as a side tv series it could have almost been like a a mockumentary where it's just like just people who actually work on jurassic park and it's just a nice working dinosaur island totally and it could have been quite sort of entertaining in its own sweet way. But um, at the end, the, was it Brachiosaurus that was in the big volcano thing? Yeah. That's meant yes. to be the one from Jurassic Park, isn't it? Yeah. That's the iconic, yeah. that's the end of it all. If that's not. But that was the whole, that was the first dinosaur you saw. And then you saw it sort of, sort of perish. And that was the sad moment that it was meant to be the same original one. And they they teased um, Jeff Goldblum coming back by all the trailers, but he's only in like the film for like five minutes. I think he's in court and he, he he's hardly in it. Yeah, but, um, that's no way. We are getting another Jurassic World movie. We're getting Jurassic World Three Dominion, um, due to release next year, and we are getting Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill, and Laura Dern coming back to reprise their roles as Ian Malcolm. Ailey Sattler and um, Alan Grant, and we're promised that they're not just cameos. There are like main characters um, to and, join um, Chris Pratt and um, Bryce Dallas Howard and animatronics as well, isn't it? And animatronics. So yeah, we are going to get back the little baby dinosaurs. They're not baby dinosaurs because they're the little vicious little shits, but the little dinosaurs from the Lost World are coming back. They are bringing back animatronics, which is good. It's the way to go forward. Um, I hope it's good. I hope it's the end because I hate when I reckon, films don't I know when to give up. Be, um, I reckon there'll be a few shocking deaths. I think a lot of the originals and that will all die. I think they'll bring them back to kill them. That's the shock theory. Because the one thing about Jurassic World is you can't, and I suppose 
many of these things like you get introduced to characters that you don't really know and you're like okay are you just getting introduced to us so we care about you to die whereas here like Dr. Alan Grant being killed by a raptor kind of seems like poetic kind of it's meant to be if that makes sense yeah massively. so it, it it'll be interesting to see um where they go with that but um i'll see it i'm excited for it i hope it's good but then the same way our conference i hope it's the end I, I don't want it to get too much where it doesn't know when to let go well i hope it's the end now or i hope it's the end for the next like 10 20 years or something you know like yes. they had between you know jurassic world and jurassic park was what 14 years difference yeah so i hope it's sort of you know let's get a reimagining or a continuation again like another sort of 15 years or whatever but not just keep pumping them out pumping them out because you'll, you'll kill it totally when, when technology gets so good they'll probably want to do it again but um also on a side note on netflix again there's a lego um jurassic park series i watched a couple of episodes of that it's not for everyone but to be fair it's not horrendous it made me chuckle a few times and it exists so i just want to throw that out there as it's oh. part of it i have to check that out. That'd be good. Yeah, it's based on the Jurassic World sort of universe. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just sort of almost like a funny take of what's going on. Even yeah. though after the people in there obviously die in Jurassic World, so it's quite sad because they're all <laughs> laughing joking and you think you're dead. But, yeah. <laughs> um, just before we go into everything else, so the only the only movie that won any awards, Jurassic Park won three, three Academy Awards, sound editing, sound mixing and visual effects. Only The Lost World got nominated for visual effects. None of the other movies got nominated at all. Um, so away from that, but on the screen, apparently we're getting a live-action series. So maybe you, you, maybe they've heard you, and we are getting a the theme parks working kind of program. So in March 2020, it was announced a live-action television series that entered development. So it be interesting oh, wow. to see how that works. Go. On Netflix, we're getting a Jurassic Park Camp Cretaceous. It's apparently a CGI animated series scheduled to debut on Netflix in 2020. Um, so all this whole, hopefully after the next film, they just leave it alone. they got to drain this cash cow. It's basically like, in the next sentence, we've decided they're not fucking leave it alone. In fact, it's getting a hell of a lot worse. It's getting a TV series. It's getting a Camp Krusty. It's getting all this other craziness. They can't leave it alone. Um, <laughs> as you say, theme, theme park rides... So I've been the one Universal Studios in Orlando. Um, yeah, that was an interesting thing that I read about that. Apparently, the theme park ride mm. um, actually cost more to make than the actual film. That's mental. So, so it cost one hundred and fifty million dollars allegedly to make the ride in Universal, and um, it cost sixty three million to make the film. So that's eighty three million more to make the ride than it did to uh, make the film. It's a lot of dollar, but yeah, they do get, I suppose, thousands of people going through it every day. So probably money well spent, really. Oh, yeah, um, I thought it was interesting. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, so yeah, we've got theme park rides. We've got, so video games, there's too many to mention, but notable mentions go to, obviously, you've got Lego, um, Jurassic World. I do remember, this is like real hardcore fans. So, Command and Conquer. The first game had an expansion pack and on MS-DOS, you could put in a stuff where it was like a Jurassic Park kind of level. And rather than your army going towards another army, it was going towards dinosaurs. If anyone remembers that, Command & Conquer, MS-DOS, where you had to do run, you had to type in something. I remember that. There's loads of mobile it had games. Its own, um, it had its own game, didn't it, where you make your own theme park? Yep, yep. There've been many I'm of sure those as well, but um, I've always like loved the excitement of doing like a theme park, like SimCity kind of game, but with dinosaurs. Um, but it never really yeah. kind of continued the excitement. But um, no. again, t- t- too many games games to mention. Um, comics, so Tops Comics um, from June '93 to August '97, they had a run of comics, and then IDW Comics got the rights in 2010. Um, and then I suppose what's going to take a, us what we've got to talk about is some of the merchandise toys and goodies you can get now this is wow. a this is a absolutely like rabbit hole of a stuff yeah, this is 
This is crazy. So I'm, I remember the original toys because you had like the T-Rex, which was obviously the, the, the big creme de la creme. I remember Blockbuster Video reduced them all dirt cheap. And we basically for Christmas that year, we bought everything and gave it to like my cousins for Christmas because they were like loving it. In hindsight, I wish I kept it all in boxes because I'd be a happy man right now. But um, I remember the dinosaurs, all of them had the bit cut out where you had the chunk you could take out where they'd been attacked by the T-Rex. I don't know if you remember oh, okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so all of them had a small chunk that you could take out and put back in where they'd get attacked by the T-Rex or raptors, but mainly T-Rex. But they had all the, um, they were the original toys. And um, yeah, these toys have been crazy successful and they're still like the lost uh, Jurassic World and that all came out again. And I mean, people, you know, kids love dinosaurs. Kids do love dinosaurs. And I think thanks to Jurassic Park, really, um, just the fascination of it all. Um, you can get, you can get on Zavi like them all like around the Triceratops, um, like a very good like model. It costs you a grand, pretty penny. Down from one thousand one hundred ninety nine pounds, but that looked pretty special. You can get um what Zavi doing at the moment is they're doing like they're calling them big sleeves, which I thought was yeah. like them selling like the soundtrack record. Um, I must admit we didn't mention John Williams doing the massive great job of um the iconic theme tune that and the, people the got involved that, to do. The fact you even go to places like Royal Albert Hall and stuff, and then you watch you watch the film with a live orchestra now. That's yeah. what we obviously did before. No one's allowed to do anything, but back when people could do stuff, that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. Um, but Zavi do a big sleeve, which I thought was a record, but actually, if it holds the the Blu-rays in of the original trilogy, that looked pretty cool. Um, you can get the the um, the can, the the um, shaving foam can, like a replica of that. You've got a Doctor Collector Jurassic World Deluxe Kit. Which looked cool. Yeah. We had a very cool deluxe VHS set, which got a Jurassic Park watch involved, the notepad, the video. That looked cool. Got a trilogy box set. Um, got toys by Prime Studio. Dennis Nedry um, from Mattel Amber Collection, which looks pretty cool. I thought that was um, the Comic Con exclusive this year. I'm sure be. that was. I'm sure. I'm sure he um, he had the Comic Con exclusive this year. I'm not sure if it's that one, but one of them was. Because you can get the sign that like he famously knocks over and like the left and right East Dock sign, which I thought was a nice little nod. Um, there's loads of Lego. The, the Lego obviously is expensive if you get the right Lego, but there's crazy amounts of Lego you can get. And you can get the T Rex Rampage with the original figures that'll cost you a pretty like two hundred nineteen ninety nine. Be gutted if you missed the set. There's um loads of pop vinyls. I I own yeah. um I've got Richard Hammond, but um I do like Doctor Ian Malcolm on his laid down chest open pose. Um, that's pretty cool. Zavi have even got their own like clothesline and Jurassic Park stuff. Which is... cool. It's got a cool logo. It does have a cool logo. But you know what? I read. I must admit, I didn't write this down. So I get this. Uh, I think. So he got asked, because obviously the Dress Park logo was originally done for Michael Crichton's book, and they said, why have you got a dinosaur from the Cretaceous period in the Jurassic period, like, on a Jurassic period book? And I think he said, I don't know, it just looked cool. He's <laughs> like, yeah, so there, like, shut up. <laughs> but that, that I thought cool. Um, it's just... We did we did a poll which were well like inundated with people, ninety three votes, which is we asked people or well, we took the didn't let them say Jurassic Park wasn't the best one. So Jurassic Park's the best. What was the how would you rank them? So Fallen Kingdom had a measly five percent, Jurassic Park three had twenty percent, and then literally it was neck and neck for ages. But the Lost World came second with thirty seven percent and Jurassic World just edged it. With thirty-eight percent, I would probably agree with that order of movies, but um, yeah, there's a lot of hate for Fallen Kingdom. A lot of hate. It's, it's because it, it it just bottled it, didn't it? Really, it did. I think I just tried too much to kind of. How many times can there be disasters and things go wrong and dinosaurs? Like, I like the fact that the original movie was literally like he wanted to try something new. 
and bring dinosaurs out and say there's a reason why these creatures are extinct. Yeah. That, 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 that was the beauty behind the story. And sometimes you don't need sequels. Like, I like Jurassic World showed us what that vision would have been and that kind of works. But the others are just kind of... They're good movies, but they're not kind of... If Jurassic World's on TV... I'll turn over the channel and happily watch it no matter what point in the movie it's at. Great. I, I just, it's just such an easy-to-watch movie. It, it, sound, the soundtrack is amazing. It's, it, it's just... Um, it's, it's, it's an amazing movie. I can't, I can't, I can't really fault it. But, um... I suppose no, there's there's anything else there's 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 really. Um, there is loads. We need, we need like a second show, really, to like go through it all. But yeah, and it's always hard because you, you want to visually see the toys. So we'll we'll post bits on um, Instagram, on Twitter. We we give the links out for them at the end. But we'll post a few bits. But there's loads of so much cool stuff. Like this is like not quite Star Wars level, obviously, because that's like the daddy. But this this is like it's decent effort of stuff for this. Once you go into that rabbit hole, it's unbelievable how much Jurassic Park stuff there is. Yeah. You can't even that's a show in itself uh, but yeah it's just it's iconic the first one as a standalone film will always be sort of the daddy mac everything else sort of just followed adds to the franchise but but the, the original one and obviously the continuation the original uh, the best two i reckon we'd never seen anything like it before no like i said visually it's the best film i've ever seen at the time until scream, you know, until, until scream. So yeah, <laughs> a guy wearing a black cloth. But yeah, um, it takes us to our top six. And this week is top six Steven Spielberg films. Open brackets of the nineties. Oh, it's before. Brackets. Sorry, because we, we've got to figure. I messed that up. It's before the. It's not not going oh. into the new century because obviously Jaws is oh. like. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah. For, for the 2000s, for the noughties. For the noughties, that's the one. All right, um, let's, try, let's try again. Top six, Steven Spielberg films, open brackets, before the noughties, close brackets. Boom. Cool. And the six films that we are ranking are E.T., Indiana Jones, Razor Lost Ark, Jurassic Park, Jaws, Saving Private Ryan, and Hook. Um, until people are screaming like, oi, 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 oi. Um, there's no Schindler's List on this list because neither of us have seen it. If you kick off enough on Twitter, I will go and watch it for three hours. But at the moment, I have not seen it. So I do apologise. Schindler's <sighs> List is not on the list. There is the uh, disclaimer. Number six. Yeah, number six. Let's get out of the way. It's Hook. Yeah, I agree. Number six is Hook. <laughs> nice enough movie. Different take on it. But unfortunately... The other films are just better. It's, it's, it's in a big boy glee here, so something's got to be sick. And it just it can't compete with the others. Not a bad film, not a bad film. Great film, fun film. It's just it's just not number one. Yes. Uh, number five, I went for Raiders of the Lost Dark. Uh, um, again, I don't hate this film, not by any stretch, but to me, it films a lot more of a on in the background film. And sort of just sort of keep an eye on it and laugh and enjoy it rather than sit there and watch every second of it film. So it slips down slightly for me. My number five is E.T. Um, born from like, made on the year I was born. It's okay, but I must admit, if it's on TV, I won't change the channel to watch it. I, it was great for its time. I don't know if it's aged very well. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It, it still is a really good movie. Just, again, the films above it, um, I would prefer to watch. Uh, my number four sure. is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, disclaimer, apart from the Kingdom of Skull, I do prefer Temple of Doom and Last Crusade, but I know that would be, won't be a very popular opinion because people hate Temple of Doom. But number four is Raiders of the Lost Ark for me. My number four is, and this could easily be higher, but I went for uh, Saving Private Ryan. I think it's just because of the films on this list. It just feels such a different vibe to the other films. Yeah. The, the, when you read the list, you almost get yourself in a, a different kind of movie-watching vibe, and this feels too too real. And it's an absolute masterpiece, and by no means is it a shit show. It's, it's a fantastic film, and if you haven't seen it, watch it. But I just think with the competition in it, it's just it's not 
if, if you said to watch a film twice in a week, I wouldn't pick this. When others, I probably would. So it slips down. Uh, my number three, as you just mentioned, it is Saving Private Ryan. Um, probably like the greatest war movie um, ever made. On a different list, it would easily be number one. But um, it is this list. So, um, yeah, that, that's my number three. Uh, my number three is a film you've probably heard us speak about quite a lot today. That is Jurassic Park. If you haven't get how I feel about this film now, then you probably haven't listened to the show. I do like it a lot. But um, there's some other big boys in the list. What's your number two? Uh, my number two is E.T. I feel it's iconic in its own little sweet way. I mean... It's one of them. It was on Christmas every year, growing up, and it's a, it's a feel good film, and it's, it's different to a lot of other films that I've seen. So I think it sort of makes it unique in its own little sweet way. So I've got a soft spot for ET, and I stand by that. So don't go home, mate. Stay with us. Um, my number two is Jurassic Park. Um, want to hear why I love it? Rewind the show and listen to it again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's my number two, and obviously number one as you haven't said it, and isn't it iconic that it's Shark Week and Jaws? Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to... I mean, Jaws could get on number one for most of my lists, to be honest. Love this film. Uh, if you want to hear how much we love this film, go back and listen to the Jaws episode if you haven't. But um, it's iconic in so many ways. It's just a perfect film, in my opinion. I think he learned stuff from Jaws that would help him on this. If Jaws wasn't successful or he didn't do the stuff he did in Jaws, we wouldn't have got the Jurassic Park that we'd seen, if that makes sense. Like, I know we've mentioned Jaws way too much time, but it's Shark Week. So many, too many times in this show, but it's Shark Week. So we're allowed. We're allowed this week. Yeah. Perfect. That takes us towards the end of the show. Uh, before we get to the last yeah. we have got some thanks to give before obviously you do your thanks as you probably heard throughout the show we had a lot of people doing Jurassic Park themes for us so obviously we want to thank everyone for sending them in not only are they awesome we also had a great chuckle listening to it uh, you guys are the best that's so cool so that's super appreciated and I think you've got a shout out for guessing the film I do. I have a shout out for guessing the film. So obviously, if you don't know, on Thursday, I do little hints on what the movie was going to be. Um, I thought it was quite tricky, but then it got easier and easier. But who got in first was Holmes Movies. So just give them a little shout out and a little bit about them. So Adam and Anders Holmes, two brothers who grew up in a Danish-American household in South London, are old enough to remember VHS tapes and terrestrial TV, but young enough to know about podcasting. The Holmes Movies podcast began as an idea hatched in a pub in Clapham where Adam and Anders had spent about three hours talking about films. They decided there and then that their brand of idiosyncratic film nerdery needed to be shared with the world. Despite Adam having moved to the wacky side of the Atlantic and Anders living in Copenhagen, Denmark, they still managed to produce podcasts on a regular basis. Episodes of the podcast take several forms. Most of the time, the two brothers will discuss one particular film with several digressions along the way. More recently, the brothers began recommending films to their listeners in a series called Homes Movies Recommends, designed to give people ideas of what to watch during the COVID-19 imposed lockdowns. They're also attempting a survey of the Bond movies from the most recent Spectre to Doctor No, a project they're calling Bond Backwards. You can listen to the Homes Movies podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, and tune in or download through Apple Podcasts. Amazing. So make sure you go check that out and obviously look for the hints on our social media accounts throughout the week because if you get it right, obviously, feel free to have a little shout out. Um, and if people want to get involved on social media, Griff, where can they find us on Instagram? They can find us at Instagram at Paul and Griff Show. And also, there's so much craziness going on on Twitter. So, if people want to show some love on there, where can they find us? They can find us at Paul and Griff Show. And all we've got to do is find one of those, look at our link in bio. It will take you to all of our links. So, you haven't got to do the work twice, just fast access, fast access. 
Perfect. And if people want to cut the middleman and text you direct, what's your mobile number? My mobile number is oh, hey. <laughs> uh, didn't say the magic words. Get involved. Talk to us about movies. We are very active on social media. Join the discussion. Make the discussion. Thank you for all the support. We're very overwhelmed. We are loving life. Yeah, if you've got oh. films you want to see us dissect, um, good franchises or whatever, suggest them. We're always open to ideas. 25 people are going to send in Schindler's list now. I'm <laughs> sick that week. Oh. Oh. Top six it. things on Schindler's list. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. See you all next week. Bye now. Stay safe, everyone. Bye.